0: Jesus, Bible, and current events from a Christian perspective. Battling spiritual wickedness in high places, one podcast at a time. This is the High Places Podcast. Hello everyone, this is Jim. Happy Easter! Yay! Today is Easter. I hope you all had a good day at church. I hope you had a good day reflecting on the amazing grace of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, What a beautiful day. A good day to think about these things. Everything, every day is a good day to think about these things. Uh, But it's nice that we have a day that we can come together uh, as Christian brothers and sisters and uh, celebrate, celebrate uh, what our Savior's done for us. So I hope you've uh, had a very good Easter. Um, I'll try to keep this a little shorter than the last time. Boy, I noticed the last one was really long, last podcast. Um, I usually try to keep these between 20 and 30 minutes, um, but uh, I guess there was a lot to say last time. But yeah, so um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that one, because it's been a busy week, it's a holy week this past week, uh, go ahead and uh, listen to that one, but uh, do it when you're stuck in traffic, because you have to listen a while. I think it's like 40 minutes. So yeah try to keep them a little briefer. Um maybe this one'll be briefer. This one almost certainly be briefer. Um So did uh you know the big story last week was this uh fire at the Notre Dame Cathedral and all the stuff going on there and um you know the first thing anybody thought was always oh, this a terrorist act and it turns out it was uh it doesn't seem to be. It seems that it was uh and I'm not sure how these are connected, but there was some software glitch that <laughs> that set things ablaze. Um, I didn't know software could do that, but uh, yeah, so don't, don't sit too close to your computer, I guess. Um, you might be the next thing to catch on fire. So yeah, that's kind of a thing. But it's interesting that um, if you look at, I think just a week prior to that, a Christian church in Paris was intentionally set on fire. Um, And as you dig more into this, uh, let me bring up the article here. Um, The last couple of years, there have been over 2,000 church attacks, attacks on churches specifically, Christian churches, um, in France alone, uh, averaging over two a day. There were over 800 almost 900 a couple years ago and last year over a thousand over a thousand they've been desecrated they've been burnt they've uh, had you know crosses destroyed, Bibles burnt, things stolen all of this of like a couple a day I mean that's extraordinary uh, imagine if uh, two mosques a day were uh, set on fire or Buddhist temples uh, or Hindu temples Boy, you'd be hearing about that on the news a lot. Uh, But I didn't even know this until this um, Notre Dame thing uh, came up. So isn't that something? Uh, And then, um, sadly, this morning in Sri Lanka, the bomb blasts at Christian churches and some Western hotels or hotels that are frequented by Westerners, but a lot of churches, and they Uh, showed the inside of one of them that blew the roof right off Uh, and over 200 people killed and I think close to 500 injured. It's like wow it's just amazing and so the hostility and this one was like Buddhist monks is what they're saying because apparently there's been some issues in Sri Lanka with the Buddhist monks attacking people and I think um, I'll get the country wrong. I thought it was Malaysia, where they, wherever the Rohingyas, uh, the Muslims, they uh, were going into that country. The Buddhist monks were going after them too. So that's kind of funny because everybody thinks Buddhist monks, oh, they're these you know peaceful guys in robes that uh, have their head shaved, and uh, you know you have all these Westerners that are you know embrace Buddhism because of its pacifism. Um, well, I guess not. Wow. So. That's going to be something to see. This uh, hostility, this hostility to Christianity. Uh, I think we talked about this last time, um, <laughs> probably uh, any number of times before. Um, Jesus uh, promised not only persecution, but that the world would hate us, um, because they hate it, because it hates Him. And wow, we're just seeing that play out. There was even a story. I guess this was uh, near Seattle. The other. When was this? Three days ago? Four days ago? Um, In broad daylight, 1130 in the morning, at a gas station, a guy walks up to a 72-year-old monk who was uh, filling his car with gas and just punched him in the face. I guess the attacker is is like uh, some young guy. Um, he, He said to the monk... Uh, quote, how is Trump? End quote. And then punched him in the face. So, uh, for better or worse, uh, here's the association between the president and, um, Christians. So, uh, I mean, this is how the world sees it. So, um, unfortunately, yeah, it's, so it, it broadens the hatred. So now they, you know, they can not only hate Christians for, um, Uh, being Christians and believing the Bible uh, and warning people of the danger they're in and talking about the exclusivity of Christ. Um, But now, rightly or wrongly, um, they can ascribe political motives uh, to their hatred of Christians. But it's like, man, a 72-year-old guy and they got a picture of the suspect and he doesn't look like he's uh, in bad shape. If he's going to punch someone in the face, I think he's going to do a good job of it. And it's like, man, he's just like randomly. random, and they haven't caught the guy either. Um, and so, wow, that's just kind of, uh, it shows that it's uh, very difficult to be a Christian. And we're seeing it in the West more, and we've been insulated from it for so long because culturally we've had a Christian tradition. Even if, you know, not everybody was Christian. The principles and the expectations of behavior were based on the Bible. Um, and now, uh, not even close. Uh, not even close, as we've, uh, as we've described in, uh, in any number of incidences. And I mean, you can just read the news every day uh, and see that uh, we live in a culture that is distinctly not uh, Christian um, and has no pretense. Uh, about being really the principles of God and the Bible are um, uh, in diametric opposition to the accepted principles of our culture today. But there's like a uh, an interesting connection here to something else. So uh, I think we've talked before about how much harder it's going to be as a out-of-the-closet Christian uh, in this culture Um, because people are already being punished for their faith. In fact, there was an article, where is this? Um, uh, Oh, employers are now, so there's companies out there that, uh, you know, they have some AI algorithms that go out and scour social media and look for people that have been flagged on social media. Uh, you know, so Facebook, Twitter, whatever. And then they sell this information to companies. So companies can use this in their employment screening process. I think if anybody's applied for a job in recent years, you've seen that more and more employers are asking for, you know, your Facebook accounts, your Twitter accounts, so they can see what you're doing when you're not at work. So first of all, that's uh, kind of, um you know people would uh ask if that's uh, a step too far for um companies to uh interrogate your out of work time but um you know and different people can have different opinions on that um but but now you've got these automated algorithms and you have companies that are selling this information that they find out about you on social media so companies don't even have to ask you anymore uh, they can kind of track things down with names, locations, things like that. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, and we know the information that, um, you know, companies like Facebook sell. It isn't just like some anonymous handle. You get a lot of information from these companies. And so I think this, uh, this company that's doing this red flag checking has more than 120 clients and screens 20,000 people a month. 20,000 people um and they're looking for posts that are quote unquote hateful um uh, misogynistic or racist well hateful is a um can be a pretty general term uh it's very subjective um but yeah so i don't know if yeah i don't know how the algorithm for this thing works but it's a company uh, in california um, yeah, more than 20 million people, 20 million pieces of public content. it scanned in 2018. Um, so, yeah, this was uh, on CNN Business, I guess. So, wow, that's kind of a thing. Even uh, uh, I don't follow rugby, uh, but I guess this guy, who um, by some accounts is the world's richest rugby player, professional rugby player, and he might get fired. He's in, the, in an Australian league. He might get fired um because he posts Bible things on his on different social media accounts. Um and you know, uh warns about um things that uh the Bible says. I think he had one posting and this was from I think this was uh from the first Corinthians verses on this. Uh he paraphrased but uh warned that uh, uh let's see, the thing he posted Warning, drunks, homosexuals, adulterers, liars, fornicators, thieves, atheists, idolaters. Hell awaits you. Repent. Only Jesus saves. And so and so, there's any number of things people wouldn't like about uh, that statement. Because um, uh, a lot of people don't think the things in that list are wrong. Um, uh, they don't like the idea of consequences. They don't like the idea of repenting and turning away from those things that they like and they don't like the exclusivity of Jesus that he's the only one that can save um but this guy and uh, to this guy's credit he's, he he quoted other verses i think the ones in uh, galatians too that talked about witchcraft lasciviousness drunkenness um and that one didn't even have some of the you know kind of hotter subjects these days that people get riled about um it was you know consequences and exclusivity of Jesus. And this guy's like, yeah, you know, I don't want to get fired, but uh, if I do, then uh, that's okay. God's got other things uh, for me, um, uh, for this life he's given me. And so uh, praise God for the faith that he's uh, given this guy. I should uh, get his name so I can at least, Falau, Uh, I'll pronounce wrong. on, yeah, Falau is his last name so uh good for him um but uh you can see uh i mean whether it's your job um whether it's um just kind of social outlets uh or just pumping gas um you're not really immune uh from these attacks even people that uh, like this uh rugby player who's um you know notable um, not even he is safe and so imagine uh, in our culture, where we've produced uh, more and more fragile individuals, um, uh, what happened to the old, you know, rugged individualist that America was known for? Now we have safe spaces and trigger warnings and all of these things. And um, But what it's done, um, the devil is just very clever the way he works on things. Um, even like the overprotective parenting, you know, with uh, probably good intentions behind the people that have done this, but um, their children now are so fragile and people are uh, children that turn into adults you know, are turning into fragile adults. And so how do you stand up in the face of all of this persecution? Not only, you know, Hey, you may um, lose your business. You may lose your job. And now it's like, you may not even get a job. Um, if you're just sharing what the Bible says about things in a public forum where it can be tracked down, and you know that information turned over to prospective and current employers, um, and then they can let you go or not hire you because of uh, quote unquote culture fit, um, which is the uh, latest way to basically discriminate against anybody you want to. To say that they don't fit into our, our our corporate culture. So how do people stand up with this? And this is actually tied to something else. There has been this is just absolutely tragic. There has been this incredible increase in child suicides, and not just like teenagers, which is um, something that's been a problem for years, but now preteen. Suicide risk. Pre teens. They're talking about kids between 10 and 12 years old. There's been this huge rise, 29% rise, in 10 to 12 year olds who visited emergency rooms, either for physical or psychiatric treatment. Um, They screened positive for suicide risk. And uh, let me see the one, the, the emergency room visits of, um, kids in that age group, uh, for psychiatric problems, um, over half showed suicide risk and more than 17% had attempted suicide. 10 to 12 years old, attempting to kill themselves. Wow. I mean, there's any number of problems here. Um, so number one, talk about, um, not Uh, considering what happens after this life. This is the problem uh, that comes from, uh, quite frankly, not teaching about hell, and that has happened in the Western Church for decades now. This idea that uh, Christianity has to be sold like laundry detergent, so everything has to be You know, this happiness gospel or this life improvement stuff, or, you know, isn't Jesus a neat friend because he does magic tricks and don't you want a friend like that? I mean, and not talking about consequences, not talking about why Jesus had to die for us and what happens if you die in your sins. Um, Because uh, if that was uh, firmly rooted in people's minds, at least you would like to think it would give them pause. Uh, before suddenly exiting this life and uh, not knowing uh, their condition as far as how they stand with God. Um, but the despair and the angst that drives someone that young, and you know a lot of it's bullying at school and that, yet again another reason to get your kids out of the government schools um, because there is no morality there um and so you have all sorts of things going on um but that's a different subject and so you just and you the social media stuff you see this that uh people that spend more time on social media especially kids are more depressed because why because people say bad things about them or they unfriend them or they dislike them and they're just fragile so what happens when you you know when they consider Christianity and they can see in the culture all around them that Christians are attacked and vilified and called names and all these other things, why would they want to be a Christian? And I think part of this has to, go with, uh, has to do with the way Christianity is prevented, especially to children. And I will say up front, I am not a fan of the way the Western church um, evangelizes and disciples children. Um, and I other people have talked about this too. I think Ken Ham answers in Genesis have mentioned this you know with the uh, he goes after the kind of cartoonish um, look of the you know the way the flood story is taught, and the ark and there 's you know this little boat with a you know giraffe with their head sticking out a window and you know all this other stuff and um and he says it 's just cartoonish. And I think that, uh, if I'm remembering right, he said part of his motivation behind doing this arc encounter thing, uh, was to show, you know, what this really is. It isn't a cartoon. This was a real structure and, uh, big and, uh, just the magnitude of it all. Um, but just this kind of childish approach to teaching the Bible and not just in the kind of trivial look and feel of it. Because uh, it looks like something for small kids. So when young people get older, in the, their preteens and their teenage years, they associate Jesus, the gospel, the Bible, with this childish cartoon thing from their youth that they have outgrown. Um, and so they just, they start to let it go. The other thing um, is the way that um, the Bible is taught like school. So I grew up in a church where you had, uh, in seventh and eighth grade, you had catechism class, and you learned the Bible and catechism uh, in preparation for confirmation, which was uh, supposed to be a confirmation of your faith, um, because the church I grew up in baptized infants. And so confirmation was supposed to be a confirming of that faith, of that baptism. But confirmation or catechism was a class. It was like any other class. It was like math or, you know, science or history. You had homework and you had tests and you got grades for it. And so if you just got good grades on your homework and pass your tests, then you could go do your confirmation, which was again a test. You stand in front of the church for at least half an hour and have the pastor ask you all these questions, and you're supposed to recite the answers back that you memorized in catechism. And so you see the same thing with the way the Bible's taught to young people. What what happens? They're given questions, and given the verses, and they're supposed to go to the verse, and they just copy down the verse, or the part of the verse, as the answer to the question. Just like history class. I remember in high school history, homework was easy, because you could start it, you had questions at the back of the chapter, and you were supposed to, you know, your homework was to answer the questions. But you could start at the beginning of the chapter. You could follow the questions in order. And you could find the wording of the question in the in a paragraph in the chapter. And then you just write down the rest of the sentence or the rest of the paragraph. And that was the answer. And so it was mechanical. You didn't really even learn it. It was just kind of a rote thing. You didn't understand concepts. Um, So is it any surprise that um, we don't uh, learn anything from history? Because we're not uh, being taught the concepts behind them. Well, the same thing, I think, when you're talking about teaching kids uh, the Bible. They can rote-learn things, and it's good to know the Bible stories, it's good to memorize verses, all that stuff is great. But people mistakenly equate a knowledge, a rote knowledge of the Bible with salvation, with a saving faith. That if you know enough Bible verses and you know all the Bible stories and you can regurgitate the right sayings and the right words at the right times uh, when you're at church, then you must be saved. Well, then why are four out of five kids that grow up in church, as soon as they turn 18, they're gone? They're not going to church anymore, and they don't come back. We're producing uh, less and less religious generations, one after another. So even if, even for the people that are trying to take a pragmatic approach, uh, which is the wrong approach, by the way, but even a, a pragmatic approach, it it isn't working. So why do you keep doing it? And it's just because this is uh, we've we've been doing it so long now in the western church the people are just like well this is the way it's always been done and i don't know anything else this is the way they did it with me and it's like okay but um you're not producing you're not producing saved people and and that's the mistake that um, people think that there's some sort of formula and so whether it's you know the school-like approach that, again, is discarded once kids get old enough. They're like, yeah, homework and answering questions and all this and that. That's what I did when I was a kid in school, but now I'm a grown-up. Notice we don't evangelize to grown-ups that way. You don't go out on the uh, street and hand them a paper with five questions on them to fill out and hand them a Bible and tell them where to find the answers and have them give it back to you. We talk to grown-ups. And you look at the Bible. Um, When Jesus was teaching... You know, uh, uh more than once he had children around him, he set a child in their midst in one uh one section and said, you know, unless you have a faith like uh like a small child you won't enter the enter the kingdom of heaven. So they didn't shuttle kids off to, you know, their own place to learn uh the gospel, learn the Bible. Um kids were there with grown ups. They all learned in the same place. And they heard the same things. Um, and so all this attempt to whether it's like I said whether it's the the scholastic approach or the other extreme where you're just trying to be trendy and mirror pop culture and just be kind of you know fun hanging out da 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 just kind of this I, I don't I don't even know what to call it just this it, this kind of shallow superficial hey let's have uh, fun and we'll spend you know five minutes talking about Jesus somewhere in there too. Um, but it's more of a social thing. And again, nothing wrong with being social. There's nothing wrong with having fun, but um I don't know that that's discipleship. Um why can't we just sit down and talk to kids about what the Bible says? Because at the end of the day, it isn't our clever approaches. It isn't, uh, you know, homework assignments or, you know, paintball youth group things or whatever. It's God that saves people. Um, God uses the foolishness of preaching. Um, it's sowing the word. That's what uh, that's what saves people. That's what the Holy Spirit uses uh, to save people, to address their conscience. Um, and so, if we're not trying to entertain or shield young people uh, from things, then we'll talk to them about the reality of hell. We'll we'll talk to them about the consequences of sinning against a holy and perfect God who demands justice. There is punishment. There's very real punishment. Uh, And when you are saved, uh, the world's going to hate you and they're not going to treat you nice. And so uh, this is the way things... But we we sugarcoat all this stuff because, again, it's like we're selling laundry detergent. We want to talk about all the benefits... And so people make up benefits about, you know, you'll get this, you'll get that, you'll achieve your goals, you'll have this, you know, and just, I mean, it's like, no, look at Christianity throughout the centuries and around the world today. Uh, They'll blow up your church. They'll punch you in the face. That's what you can expect. But the only thing that makes that tolerable is knowing that we've sinned much worse against God. And yet he loved us so much, he still provided a way for us to be saved. And that's why we need Jesus. That's why we need to come to faith in him. That's why we need, after we're saved, to be discipled, to read the Bible, to learn what God has to tell us, so that we can be strengthened, so that we can be complete, so that we can have knowledge of God and uh, and learn more about him, know what he expects of us. Uh, and learn about the strength that he gives us to stand up for him in the midst of all these terrible things that go on. It's just straight Bible. It's just God's word. And we don't need to do all these other things, and we don't need to somehow water things down or um, just kind of match the approaches of the world when we're talking about evangelizing and discipling children. Uh, I think it does them a disservice. And we're trusting in our own means rather than just trusting in the power of the Word of God. And I know saying all this is controversial because this is the way most of these things are done. But um, I think we just need to um, talk to kids like they're people uh, and be straight with them. Um, Because uh, kids know how to play the game. And uh, when they get to a certain age, they just don't feel like playing anymore. Um, And then they walk out of churches and people are like, oh, you know, they're backsliding or they're, uh, you know, weak in their faith. It's like, well, how do you know they were saved in the first place? I wasn't saved when I was a kid. I got straight A's in religion class. I did great in catechism class. I could, I could recite Bible verses and I could uh, talk about doctrine uh, all day long and I could fool all the teachers and the pastors and the parents uh, and myself I wasn't saved because it was just rote that's not discipleship it's I mean you have to talk about these things and people have to understand the concepts behind this stuff um, we have to understand. Uh, what God is doing, and why he's doing it. And his word tells us all this. And again, I'm not saying it's bad to memorize Bible verses. It's not bad uh, to learn Bible stories. But um, that shouldn't be a replacement for evangelism, true evangelism. And from a discipleship standpoint, um, I think there has to be more than just homework. Um, I think there has to be doing. I think there has to be an understanding of concepts. Um, And uh, when God saves us and gives us strength from his spirit, then we can endure these things that are happening in the world. And uh, no matter how bad things get, uh, it doesn't seem uh, impossible to bear because we can look at how God's helped people throughout history, saved people and how he's strengthened them. And then we have so much more to look forward to when this life's over, thanks to our Savior and what he did for us. One of my favorite verses is in Revelation. Uh, Revelation 21, the first part of 21 is great, but verse 4, and this talks about, you know, after um, death and Hades are thrown into the lake of fire and um, everything's just done and, uh, the new Jerusalem, uh, is coming out of heaven and all these great things. Um, and in, uh, verse four, it says, he will wipe away from them every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Neither will there be mourning nor crying nor pain any more. The first things have passed away. So, on this day where we celebrate Jesus' victory over death, we have so much to look forward to. We have a glorious eternity with our God and Savior uh, because of what He's done. And so, if we just share this simple truth and trust, God to save people and, um, and show them in his word and in our lives, what he's done for us, what that faith, what that regeneration results in, uh, I think that'd be really good discipleship. I think that'd be really good for young people to see, um, you know, do we behave the same way outside of church that we do at church? Um, That's a lot harder to do than uh, giving kids some Bible verses to memorize. Because that means we have to do things. We have to live our faith. Um, And uh, I think people, especially kids, learn a lot more from what they see people do than from what they hear people say. And if there's a disconnect between those two things, the things they see are the things they believe. And the things people say are just talk. So there you go. That's what I think about that. Anyway, feel free to write us at uh, podcast at jesusforsinners.com. I hope you all had a really fantastic Easter. Be sure to thank God for all he's done. Uh, Be sure to thank our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ every single day for his victory over death and this amazing, glorious future we have because of him and with him. Take care, everyone. God bless all of you. Good night.